I am so excited that you've joined me again for another session, Life Coach 180. And so it's been growing. I've been so amazed and so blessed that so many that have been connecting and just doing life together and, and just be just being transparent. And that's really what it's all about is I'm processing life and going through things. I want you to be a step of my journey, but I also want to be in your journey. I also want to know how you're doing. So if you can connect with me in any way possible, like I said, if you can leave me a message right here on the podcast, you can connect with me through YouTube, uh, Life Coach 180, Instagram, Life Coach 180. I would just love to hear uh, just praise reports, things that are occurring in your life as a result of this podcast and the blessings that it's been, because you have totally been a blessing in my life in that investment. So I'm thankful. I applaud you that we are here in this journey. So now we're at session four. Who would have known? Session four, part three. And we're still building on relationships. And so today we're going to take a little bit of an angle on it, but stay with me in the journey. So the title is Don't Give Up on Your Birthright, Your Greatest Possessions. And you might be thinking, well, if it's my birthright, so how does that affect my relationships? So stay with me. I'm going to show you how that works. See, you communicate through your actions. What you most value and what you most love is always displayed in, in your character and what you show in your finances and the time you spend. So I'm going to pose a couple questions. What would you say are the greatest possessions? What would you value? I mean, right now, take a moment and process what is so important to you. Because that's so important to understand because that's either going to reinforce the relationship that you're in or have you take steps in that journey to make it stronger. Another question to look at is explain why they're so important to guard. Why is it so important to keep those things that you love so safe in that journey? So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the Word of God. We're going to go into Genesis 25. 24 through 34 okay so if you want to follow along with me listen if you want to go ahead and and get your bible do so but let's 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 chop this up let's build with this so we're actually going to start here verse 27 so let's jump to 27 the boy grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter a man of the open country while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents Isaac who had a taste for wild game loved Esau but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished, very hungry. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. And that's why he was called Edom, because Esau, when they describe him, he actually was described by his hairiness and his red hair. Verse 31, Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What get us a birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate, he drank, and then got up and left. So let's reflect. Let's, let's go ahead and communicate some of the actions and things that are going on. And what I want to do is I want to parallel what was happening between this relationship between Jacob and Esau and his birthright to the relationships that we may have with our siblings, with our family, um, and in and, and our relationships in marriage. So here's the first thing we want to dive into. Let's look at a couple questions first. 
So why did Isaac love Esau the most? So really look at that action. Why would Isaac love Esau the most? And if you process it, what was Esau? He was a hunter. So he was always out there getting game. I mean, he was out there hustling, doing his thing. And so it's like being a proud papa. When you think about it, right? Hey, what's my son? He's a baseball player. He's a football player. He's out there grinding. He's on the gridiron. You know, he's a, he's a tough one, you know? But why did Rebecca love Jacob the most? Let's look at that action. Jacob was always home. Think about the connection with cooking. See, Jacob was building this relationship home-based around the tent, around the community within. Now, what would we call that? We would call that a straight-up mama's boy. So we're like, Jacob, man, you're just a mama's boy. But, but you know what? Jacob valued family. He valued that structure. He valued that time around, among, excuse me, among relatives. And so you can't fault him for that. Now, look at the next one. So how did Jacob take advantage of Esau in what we read, right? So it was a setup. It looks like the situation was, well, I'm going to give you some stew, but what I really want in exchange is your birthright. I want what you don't value. I want it to be mine. But there's a little exaggeration there, right? He just came from hunting, but he wanted that stew so bad that he said, here, I'm about to die. I'm about to go down. I'm about to bite the dust. But give me some of this stew. And what did he want? A birthright. And he exchanged it. Can you imagine stew for a legacy? So ponder again the value. I, I know that Jacob doesn't look good. It's like my man ripped him off. But then again, you can't rip somebody off unless they relinquish it. Let it go. Again, it goes back to value, right? So there's so many different ways we can look at it. So this is just a perspective. It's not right. It's not wrong. But what I want to do is build a firm foundation on, on relationships. So now, how did Esau demonstrate a lack of regret to sell his birthright? Now, again, we're talking about value. If you lose something that you value, shouldn't you have some regret? Shouldn't it hurt you? Shouldn't you wonder, how did I let that go? But what does it say, right? It says, he got up and he left. He never looked back. And so this is what I want to do. I want to now take this and start to kind of build these little bricks into how this will catapult us with our relationships. So developing worth in communication and connection with each other. So let's delve into it. Number one, what you value the most determines your greatest possession. Let me say it again. What you value the most determines your greatest possession. This can be illustrated in the amount of time you spend, how you show appreciation. In verse 27, Esau valued the hunt and his personal need, while Jacob valued a closer bond to his mother and his inner circle. So what is it that we value? What is it that we spend the most time with? I, I want you to really kind of reflect on that. Because that's where now you're going to see where you're putting your most energy. And, and is it worth it? So I'm saying if, if we really want to honor family time and we want to honor our marriages, then we have to redirect our attention and our focus towards those things and, and make time for them. Number two, consider the worth before you walk away because it could be too late. In verse 34, 
After Esau got what he needed, he just walked away, missing out on the legacy. That's tough to really swallow. You think about it, right? Because we, we already see this dysfunctional society when so many men have given up the fatherhood to impact their children by just walking away. Many of them, yes, might have regrets and many might not have regrets. But the point is, is look at the damage that's left in the wake. You have an opportunity right now. And if, and, and if you're in a, in a position or a challenging moment, there's always redemption. And that's when, again, you focus on self, focus on you getting better, focusing you regrouping and going back and building that relationship or asking for forgiveness. But if you're in a relationship that you haven't been valuing, start making those moves now. And so let's talk about steps to protect the relationship. We're going to take a couple steps here. The first step is schedule time each day to check in and reflect on the emotional and physical needs by creating a routine. So this is very important. You have to create routine. If you're coming home from work, it could be time at dinner. Think about it. If you jump right to the TV, the remote control, and you're watching ESPN, then you're setting your priority towards the television, but you're missing out on some moments with your spouse. Um, it might be better in the evening time. Maybe there's things you both are getting done. So schedule maybe a routine in the evening time. It might be right before bed. Um, schedule some powerful time at least once a week. You know, I thought about it. If we can maintain an AC unit, our cars, right? Things that we know that can easily break, why is it that we don't invest in the most valuable thing? Our marriages or our relationships. Why don't they receive a tune-up weekly, monthly? So I'm saying it's almost like we struggle with, with paying or taking our spouses, our friends, or those that we care about truly out to dinner because we're wasting money or taking them to a location. Maybe it costs you $10, $15. But yet we can shell out in a car maybe $45, $50 on a tune-up, right? Those are things to ponder because what you value is going to be long-lasting. If you neglect those areas, what's going to happen is in the long run, it's going to cost you. Let's look at the second one. Share activities and interests which will build new experiences and provide more conversation. What happens many times in relationships and in marriage is the more things that you lack to experience, the minimal your conversation is going to be. For example, when you guys first got to know each other and grow, you were probably doing everything together. And there were so many things that you can talk about, so many things that you can share. And so when you create common experiences, there's more things to talk about. You ever notice when you come from a vacation that you just feel the spontaneity. You feel like, man, this conversation is going everywhere. This is amazing. You remember that, that trip that we had when we crossed the bridge? Remember that funny story when... He fell in the lake and, you know, those are things that you build on. During the holidays, the same thing. But if you're not careful, a disconnection can be created when those areas are not addressed. Those experiences are not happening. And this is where, again, there's things that in life will start to weaken because we will start to put our attention in other areas or other needs. And again, what that does is that causes a separation and a gap. Look at the third one. Create random acts of appreciation by words, 
actions and gifts. So I'm not sure where you're at, right? But, but words are powerful, affirming words. Everybody would love to hear, hey, I appreciate you, but give the reason why. Hey, you mean this much to me because. And so have that interaction. Let your actions show it. You can't go up to somebody and say, hey, I care about you and your shoulders are slumped, right? You're not giving them eye contact. That shows that it's just verbiage. It's just words, right? The words are shallow. But show it with actions. Let them know how much you really appreciate them. A gentle hug, a gentle tap, a gentle massage. Hey, I appreciate all that you do for me. And you will be surprised that the more you appreciate them, the more it's going to re reciprocate it and they're going to appreciate you. But it has to start somewhere. Why not with you? The other thing is gifts. It depends on the love language of the individual. See what I'm saying? I know for me, I'm not a gift kind of guy. So I, I'd rather have words and, and actions. But gifts, they're okay. But you, my wife, on the other hand, hey, she loves some gifts. Now, here's the difference. If we're arguing or we have a challenging time, I better not come up with a gift because she's not going to take it. I remember one time I came in to try to give her some flowers and she was like, you know what, Psh, I'm not even having it. And the reason why is because we didn't address the moment. And that's one thing I do appreciate in my wife is that she wants to reflect on what happened, what went wrong, and let's build on genuine time. And so a gift should always be given during genuine time, not to supplement something that happened, not to excuse a fault or something that occurred. It should be in a moment that there tr there's an essence of love that's truly occurring. At least that's the way we are. Look at the last one. Consider the cost before you walk away because it opens doors to the enemy. And again, we've talked in, in previous episodes about the habit that I had about being a runner. And now I've learned to, to really face it. You know, I'm learning more that obstacles are the way. It's okay. If there's an obstacle that comes my way, it's going to better me. I'm going to grow from the obstacle. I don't have to avoid the obstacle. And so that's what I really want you to understand. That what are you going to gain if you walk away? Think about Esau. He lost his birthright. He lost the legacy that was going to follow him forever. Who do you remember more, Esau or Jacob? Jacob, right? So do you want to be remembered? Do you want to leave a lasting legacy for your children, for your peers, for your friends, for those that will remember you in the community, that they know when tough times come, guess what? You're in it. You'll be to the point that you can do what? You can walk on fire, right? You can run through flames because you know God's going to be there. And so again, I appreciate you so much, so, so much. I'm starting to put out new videos on YouTube. Again, you can go to Life Coach 180, and I'm breaking down these same sessions, but with a video format, and um, just step-by-step -step procedures or tools or steps to help you out as well. Feel free to share. Um, I have a Facebook too. It would be so cool for you to join. It's, but it's under Benny Lopez. So if you look for Benny Lopez Jr., it'll have like a fellowship or FCA logo to it. That's the ministry that I'm a part of. Same thing I would love to you. Instagram, Life Coach 180. Um, that's really starting to pick up momentum and grow. So I'm going to be putting videos there as well. 
um, Twitter. So I also have a Twitter account as well. So Life Coach 180 or DJ Lopez. So I would just love to connect with you. I would love to have this interaction where you're telling me and you're sharing just how things are going. So we're we're really pumped up. We've been growing with the Zoom ministry on Wednesdays. It's been growing leaps and bounds, which is going national. And so just please hit me up. Hit me up. I'd love for you to be a part of it. I want to invest in your life any way that I can and continue just in part the wisdom that God has given me. And so know how much you are loved. Know how special you are. Know how great you are. And know how much I love you, how much Jesus loves you, how much the Father loves you. And know that you'll be sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be blessed. God bless. Until our next session, stay tuned. I'll be working on that one quickly for you. God bless you.